We have a hand in that. Praise God that we can be a part of the work of Christ all over this world. And we can't be there. I wouldn't mind being in the Philippines. It's warm there. Uh, <laughs> tropical. What's that? We did turn up. You, you'll be appreciative. It was 60 degrees when we came in, and it was cold. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I am so thankful for what God has done for us. John chapter 12 is where we're going to be at this morning. Um, it's funny, Dan, Dan doesn't ask me about the message before he picks the songs. Um, though I, and he, he typically asks for, for the message, at least the scripture, and maybe some major points um, as soon as I can get them to him. And, uh, and I rarely get them to him <laughs> about an hour before service. But it amazes me when God ties, ties the message to the, to the music. Um, and uh, he's done that today. Uh, because the truth is, it's all about the cross. It's all about Christ. Today, in today's world, we get caught up in all the other things. And we get caught up in the ministries. And we get caught up in the things that we would like to see done. And, and uh, we can get, up, get caught up in the numbers and the trouble. Man, we can just get, we can get, even if it's something good, we can get caught up in it. We can forget what it's all about. John chapter 12, if you, if you turn there with me, if you're not already there, I'm going to read. I'm just going to read one verse or two verses here, and then we're going to uh, go back, go through a good majority of this chapter, uh, a little bit at a time, to, to, I guess, bring you where God's brought me. John chapter 12, we're going to look at verse 20, and we'll read down to 22. It says, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship of the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida, Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for Christ. I thank you, Lord, for the cross. Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning just to focus on the cross, on the work of Christ. Uh, Lord, that finished work that was done because of his great love for us. God, I pray that you would Help us to see it for what it was, Lord. Help us to, to focus upon it, Lord. And, and, Lord, without the cross, Lord, without the resurrection, Lord, Lord we would have no hope. We'd have no, there'd be no reason to be here. But, but Father, help us to, to elevate it. Help us lift up the cross. And, and, Lord, may when other people see us, Lord, may they not see Fellowship Baptist Church. May they not see a, even a Christian. But Lord, may they see Christ. Lord, if there's one here today that's not saved, Lord, may today be the day that they see the cross for what it is, the altar upon which Christ was sacrificed for our sin. May they be drawn to him and in faith trust in him. 
We thank you, Lord, for all you do. Lord, I need your help. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting when you begin to think about the life of Jesus. When we, we find ourselves in John chapter 12. We're in the middle of the book of John, but that's not the middle of Jesus' ministry. We're coming to the very end of Jesus' ministry. Uh, he's within days of being crucified. Uh, uh, the book of John is written a little bit differently than the other three, the other three uh, books, and where the, the, they spend a lot of time in that last, uh, that last week uh, of the, just looking at the ministry of, of Christ and the teachings of Christ and the crucifixion of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, and they spend a lot of time at that. Where, whereas most of the other gospels, uh, they all they all touch. Obviously, of course, they touch on the the crucifixion, the resurrection, but they get into a lot of the healing and a lot of the the the, the things that were fulfilled. And Matthew talks about all the about the importance uh, of Christ as the King, and, and for the, so the Jews see him as who he was. And there's a lot of different reasons. But but as I as I was reading through this chapter this week. And and uh, it, it amazes me uh, how many people followed Christ for a whole lot of different reasons. They didn't they didn't follow Christ because he was going to die, because well most of them didn't realize he was going to die. Why did they follow Christ? Well, uh, if you look at John chapter, uh, let's go back to verse seventeen. Uh, sorry, it says. Uh, yeah, verse, uh, verse 17 says, The people therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead bear record. So people saw the, this last latest miracle of Christ and they, they bore record. They told everybody. And it says, For this cause the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle. Uh, people came to Christ because of the miracle of, of Lazarus being raised from the dead. But that's not the only miracle that, that, that he performed. You go back into John chapter 6, you see the feeding of the 5,000. And 5,000 people came back. Why? Because they were hungry for more bread. And people came for all kinds of different reasons. Uh, sometimes they had sick people that, that needed to be healed. Sometimes they were sick themselves. But they, they all sought Christ for a reason. In fact, in verse, in verse uh, uh, 19, it says, The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how, you, how ye prevail nothing. Meaning we, we're, we're not winning this war. Because they were trying to shut Jesus out and, and get people to turn from him. It says, it's per, per, this is perceiving how you prevail nothing. Behold, the world is gone after him. Everybody was following after Christ. Everybody was hearing about who Christ was and, and what Christ had done. And, and, and this was the Messiah. This is the, this is the one who is coming. In fact, in this chapter, Jesus rides in on the donkey and they hail him with the, with the, the, the during Palm Sunday. They, they, they wave the palms at him and, 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 and sing hallelujah and praise God. He's here. The king is coming. They were excited. Why? Because they thought he was going to take over as king and as ruler. He was the Messiah. They were excited about that. They were following for all kinds of different reasons. But can I tell you, even though he, he, he performed miracles, he didn't come here to perform miracles. When we teach our kids about these things in Sunday school, can you imagine being there and how amazing that would have been to see Jesus take five loaves and two fish? And, and feed over 5,000, there are 5,000 men, not including the women and children. Uh, how he broke those and, and he gave it to the disciples and the, the disciples gave it to the people and they kept coming back and thinking they must be out of it by now. And they were, they, they, they were never out of it. In fact, once they were done and everybody had finished eating and nobody else could stuff another bite into their gut, they went back and said, okay, now go collect what's left. And there was, interestingly enough, 12, 12 disciples, each one had a basket and there were 12 baskets full. 
People followed him. Why? Because of the miracles that he performed. They, 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 some, they, he, he taught many people. He, he sat down and he taught, taught things that they had never heard before. And he had messages for people. Remember to love our neighbor, not the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We're to love our enemy. How, turn the other cheek. What are you talking about? These are, these are truths that Jesus taught that nobody else heard and nobody else taught. They said, well, there's something different about this man. I want to know more about him. I want to follow him. But Jesus didn't come to teach. He didn't come to feed hungry people. Chapter 11, he... We talk about him healing people. The Bible says he made the lame to walk and the blind to see. But in chapter 11, he brings someone back to life. A man who was dead three days already, they already had his funeral. Jesus shows up late to the funeral and says, by the way, I roll back the stone. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out and his, and his, his sisters say, no, no, he stinks by now, Lord. Don't, don't bring it out now. If you'd been here before, you could have saved him, but now it's too late. And God said, no. Jesus said, no, it's not too, that's not what he said, but it wasn't too late then. Even the power of God was able to do that. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus walks out of the grave bound in his grave clothes. And they all rejoice. And now people are hearing about this. And everybody's coming to see him. But that's not why he came. John chapter 4, we talked about this last week. Jesus said that he came, that, that he had meat that they knew not of. Do you remember that? Talking about the disciples, they came and they said, who brought him food? And while he sat there and, and dealt with the, the woman at the well, he says, uh, I have meat that you know not of. But what, what was his meat? It was to do the will of the Father and to finish the work that he had sent him here to do. He could have healed every, he could have healed COVID and that wouldn't have finished his work. There could, there could have been not a, a blind eye in the world. There could, there could have been something. There would, they, he could have healed every single person. Every disease could have been destroyed. Every, every prisoner reformed. He could have, he could have uh, uh, turned the whole world upside down and changed everything. And his work was not finished. And honestly, I think it almost broke his heart. Because he knew that's not why. He loved people. He had compassion on people. That's why he would touch the leper when nobody else would touch him. That's why he did those things. Why? Because he loved people. But the greatest showing of his love wasn't in the healing of people. It was in the death on the cross. First John says, hearing his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the uh, propitiation for our sin. That word propitiation means, it's a big word, they call it a $50 word. That means payment. You're a sinner, and you are going to die because of your sin, and he became the payment for your sin. That's what that verse means. That's what love is. Here in verse 20, it says, there were certain Greeks among them. Uh, these were not uh, Jews from, from, Gre uh, from, from Greek or Greece, or uh, uh, they, they, they were Gentiles. I'm sure they've heard of all the things that this man has done. There's, this is a commotion. This is, uh, this is Passover week, uh, coming into Passover. They're there to worship, and they're there to, to celebrate this, and, and it's... 
they, they come in and they hear about this man and they want to see Jesus. It says right here, we're on my pulpit. This pulpit. It's not my pulpit, it's God's pulpit. It says here, it says, we would see Jesus. It's the same question that they asked, that they asked uh, Philip. And Philip's, instead of Philip just taking him to Jesus, Philip went to Andrew and said, what should we do? And Andrew said, no, no, let's go ask Jesus, what should we do? Hey, there's two guys over here that want to see you. But what was Jesus' response? See, they, they'd heard about all the things that, that Jesus had done, and they wanted to see this man uh, that, that they'd heard about. Maybe they wanted to see what, what, what could be done for them. And, and listen, there's a, we live in a world of people that are looking to religion on what it can give me and what it can do for me. We've had people leave our church because they're looking for something more that, that we can offer them. I'm sorry, but if you're looking for more than Jesus, you're not going to find it here because we've got nothing more. It isn't about the, the ministry. It isn't about the building. It isn't about the decorations or, or, or how great our IT is. And, and man, I praise God for what we can do. But listen, that doesn't save you. It doesn't help you. The Bible says that Jesus is the one who heals broken hearts. Jesus is the one that, 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 that can save a soul. It isn't all of this stuff. This is just the, the, the trappings. And, and listen, can I say that? It, it is sometimes a, a trap where we think we, we've got this beautiful building and, and all these, all these blessings. Think everything is fine and dandy. Don't get caught up in that junk. Cause it's just dressing. It's tradition. But can I tell you that Jesus is everything. Verse 20, they come to him say, we want to see Jesus. This is verse, look at verse 23 with me. It says, and Jesus answered them and said, I want you to notice the change here. What Jesus says, says he says, the hour has come. Now, how many times did Jesus perform a miracle? And he'd say, hey, my time has not yet come. He said that to his mother when his mother forced the first miracle. Uh, she, said, she said, son, uh, she tells the, hey, do you do whatever he says to do? And they, he turns the water into wine. But he says, what are you doing, woman? <laughs> my, my time has not yet come. And in fact, many times that he would heal people. I think of the wild man of Gadara who wanted to follow him and be with him. He says, no, just go, go home and, and, and don't tell anybody what I've done. I don't know about you, but when Jesus did something in my life, it's, it's hard to keep those things quiet. And, and nobody did a really good job about those things. But what was Jesus trying to prevent? The crowds of people following him for all the things that he could do for him. Because his time hadn't come. But here it's different. Here he didn't say, it's not my time. See, God had set a time for the work of Christ. And it was coming to that time. It says there in verse 23, Jesus answered them saying, the hour is come. It is imminent. It is now. It is here. The reason that I came is, is upon us. Uh, the, the work that I have to do is, is upon me. And, and I want you to understand, it, it's here. It's now. And then he goes on to explain what that work is. He says, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now we think about glorifying somebody, lifting them up and exalting them. Oh, Jesus, you're so great and so wonderful and amazing. And that's true, he is. I'm not trying to take away from that. But listen, we don't glorify him with our singing the way that he was glorified on that cross. We, 
he he walked on water. He he forgave sins. He he did a, 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 so many different things that we could glorify him for. But he, Jesus said, "Now is the time for, that I'll be glorified." The very next verse says. Uh, the very next verse goes on to explain this uh, this uh, uh, this parable and, and and what must happen. It says, "Verily, verily, verily means truly." So he says, "Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a, a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, yet it abideth alone." But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. First thing I see that, I, I mean, I used to think that in, in light of, of, of me as a Christian, I need to die to self. And we'll get to that. That's, 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 that's part of what he's talking about himself and his own glorification. Because listen, before anything can be done, listen, to, you, you think those miracles that he performed were something? Look, the, the, the real glorification comes after his death. He says, unless, uh, unless this, that seed be planted. And listen, if you've ever planted a garden, you know what, what he's talking about. He's, he's talking back in a day when they didn't have supermarkets where you went and got stuff. You grew your own stuff or you, were, you, were, you had the hand in all of those things. They, they understood that that, that, that. that corn of wheat that it had to die, that had to break open and, and, the, and the new life spring up. And he says, listen, he says, unless that corn of wheat die, unless I die, there'll be no glory. There'll be no, there'll be no fruit that bounds and, and, and listen it, it must be done it, it must happen and, and it's talking about a selflessness that Jesus had in a minute he, 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 he talks about the sorrow that he's that he's going to have to face uh, this, this grief that he's going to have to bear and listen he knew what he was going to have to do it wasn't a surprise to him he didn't walk up he didn't walk in into it unknowingly He's Jesus. He's God in the flesh. Yet he did it, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him. Hebrews chapter 12. For us. He did it for you and for me. He, he, he willingly died on the cross and was, was, was brought to that glorification. Can I tell you? Listen, I'm grateful that the cross is empty and he's no longer there. Why? Because the grave is empty and he's not there either. He sits up in heaven. But if he had never died, listen, he could have done everything. He could still be on this earth and his work would not have been finished. When he said, it is finished, hanging on that cross, it was done. If he was still here performing miracles, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> he, let's, let's say he never went to the cross. He's still alive. Lazarus has come and gone. The disciples have come and gone. But Donnie, he comes to your house and he comes to any one of our houses and performs miracles and heals. That would be awesome. Except. Time would pass. And the miracle he performed, just like he did for Lazarus, raising him from the dead. Lazarus died again, you know that, right? As amazing as it would be to have those things taken care of, his true work was never finished until he was on that cross. 
and every other work that he did would be useless because everybody from everybody would be in hell. Everybody. Because we're all sinners and we deserve hell. And we can glorify his, his miracles. And listen, we, we should praise him for what he did while he was here on this earth. But there's no greater work that he did than when he was on that cross. And this principle of his selflessness, he had to die so that we can live. So that you could have eternal life. So that we could all have eternal life. Christ died for us. Not because we deserved it. Because we certainly don't deserve it. Say, well, I'm a good person. You're still a sinner. The Bible says that God is holy. And that our righteousness, yours and my righteousness, is like filthy rags. How many of you have a bank account? That's good. How many like to see your bank account in the black? Everybody likes the bank account in the black. Nobody likes it in the red, right? The, the idea here is that we think of our sin as, as negative on our account. Even our righteousness is a negative on our account. There is no positive. We're building up debt with every breath that we take every second we're on. What is that? It's a debt that we cannot pay. But it's a debt that was paid by Christ on the cross. You know his sin or his death, the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. His, his death, his blood covers not just your sin, but my sin and the sins of the whole world. He deserves to be glorified. So he that loveth his life shall lose it. There's a principle here that we're going to look at. It says, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Now, there's a principle that we need to follow, a, pat, a pattern that, that, that we see in Christ. And that's that same pattern, and we'll, we'll get into it in, in a bit more, but just like Christ had to die, we need to die to self. And we'll get into it in a minute why. But if we're talking about the children of God, if we're going to follow Christ, we need to come to a realization. The Bible says there here that we need to hate our life. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to hate your job and just be miserable and grumpy all the time. That's not what we're talking about. He's comparing your love for him versus your love for the things of this world. And this is where we struggle so much. Because you should love Christ, you should love God so much that your love for your life is like hatred. 
Jesus taught, taught that you should hate your mother and father. He also says you should honor your mother and father and you should love your neighbor. So how do those two things coincide? It's because this is what he's talking about. You should love God so much that you, your love and your, for your family, your love for everything pales in comparison. And that you would choose him over them every day. They say, well, of course I, I would choose him over my parents, every kid says. <laughs> would you choose him over your career? Would choose him over your health? Would God do that? We all get sick. Choose him over your family? So, well, now you're getting kind of personal. Jesus is kind of personal. Choose him over your bank account? Your future? Your past? You should choose him over everything. Colossians says that he's to be preeminent. In the church, guess what? We're the church. But my football, as we can see, it's not been that important. Sports has not been important over the last few months. My car, my motorcycle, not that important. Except a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die, by its alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hath his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall you be my servant. There shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Jesus said, if you're going to serve me, you need to follow me. Follow me where? To heaven? That's not what he's talking about. Follow me to death. You mean Jesus is asking us to die for him? Some of us maybe. All of us, yes. What do I mean by that? Some of us may be persecuted to death at some point in time in the future. Who knows? There are Christians all over the world that are being persecuted, but I don't believe that's what he's talking about. We here in America are protected and shielded and, and blessed beyond measure. But in our blessing, we've grown cold and hard. Because while we might be willing to sit here in our, in our padded seat and say, I would die for Christ with no threat of death. We're not willing to die for Christ. Die to self. Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live by faith, I live by faith of the Son of God. I'm not willing to set my life aside that I might serve Christ. He's not asking you to commit suicide. He's asking you to die to self, to set self aside, and to live and walk in the Spirit of God. As children of God. He says, follow me. We're to pick up our cross. We're to die daily. It's all throughout Scripture several times. He speaks of this. Notice it says, if any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. There's a blessing here. It says, if any man serve me, him will my father honor. 
Look at verse 27. It says, Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Imagine the, the burden upon him, knowing what he was getting ready to go through. The Bible talks about when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane as he prayed and asked for this cup to pass from him, that he sweat great drops of blood. But in the end, his love for us won out. He said, Father, not my will, thy will be done. And then he says this in this, in this passage there, verse 27, but for this cause came I unto this hour. He says, this is the reason I am here. He'd already been glorified. He was glorified in heaven. He left that glory according to Philippians chapter 2. He humbled himself uh, uh, to, be, to become a man, uh, to, 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 to be flesh, to dwell among men, and not as a, as a king, but as a, as a servant. And, 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 and then to die the death of, a, 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 of the cross, which is about to take place here in, in, in a short period of time. And he says, this is why I'm here, that I might be glorified on that cross. There's, there's much more here in these next few verses, but I want you to jump down. To, uh, for the sake of time and for the, the sake of this, this message, uh, jump down to verse 30, 31. Jesus says, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the princes of this world be cast out. He's talking about what's about to take place. It says, and, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. He says, I, I, I want to be lifted up. Uh, uh, if I be lifted up, uh, I'll draw all men unto me. What's he talking about? If I go to that cross, all men will be drawn to me. Who's standing at, who's he, who just came and said that they're seeking to see Jesus? Greeks, Gentiles. Who's been following Jesus? The Jews. He said, all men will come unto me if I be lifted up. I believe he was talking about, and it tells us that he was talking about the, the, the manner in which he died. But the truth is, and this is really getting to the crux of my message, all this has been just walking up to it. We need to lift up Christ. See, there's still people looking for him. This world, is, and they, they may not know they're looking for him, but they're looking for something. People that are looking for hope, they're looking for healing, they're broken, they're hurt, the, their lives have been destroyed, they, they're, they're looking for an answer, but they don't know what the answer is, and can I tell you, the answer is found in Jesus Christ. Now listen, he may not heal your disease, and he, he may not fix your relationship, he may not, but what a, the, the healing that, that he does offer you is on that cross. Listen, I, 
I'm no great marriage counselor. But I can tell you that if you, if you lift up Christ in your marriage and you follow the word of God, God can heal your marriage. But don't come to Jesus for your marriage. That's not why he's here. Don't come to Jesus because you've got a, a, a loved one that's sick or hurting. Come to Jesus because he came to save your soul. It's what it comes down to. And we, we, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't, don't pray and ask God to, to, to work in other people's lives and in their marriages and in health. We, we can do that. But, but his purpose for, this, for coming to this earth was to seek and to save that which was lost. It was to finish that work that was finished on that cross when he rose from the grave and, and now he sits in the right hand of the Father. His purpose was to save your soul, not so that you'd be uh, forgiven and, and be happy that you're forgiven, not so that you could just go to heaven, but so you can have a relationship with him. A relationship that you could never have if he didn't die on that cross. See, the world, they were, they were looking for, the whole world, according to the Pharisees, were looking to Jesus for, for healing, for miracles, for, uh, for, to be fed, for all different kinds of reasons. And Jesus broke his heart and said, that's not why I'm here. The, the hour that, the, the hour that, my hour has come. The reason I'm here is to die on the cross. And can I tell you, these men, they're looking to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus. Well, how do they see him? Because he's not here anymore. They see him in you and me. See, Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you've got to follow after me. We need to die to self and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work in us and to make us more like Jesus Christ. That's what we are. The word Christian, that's what it means, little Christ. Jesus didn't say to the disciples, I'm going to make you Christians. He said, I'll make you disciples. It, it was the world that called them Christians because as disciples, they became like Christ. Here's a question. What does the world see when they see you? Do they see you? If you get up to, to, to sing a special and you're up here singing, you're like, I just want to have the, a good voice. I want to sound good. Listen, I don't care how good you sound. Those guys that we listen to... Uh, they're not, they're not like uh, uh, TV quality uh, uh, people singing. But it, I, I was crying the whole time. Why? Because they were singing with their hearts unto God. What, what did I see when I looked at them? I saw the work of God in their lives. So the world shouldn't see you. They should see Jesus. And if we can stop if we can come to a point where we can stop lifting up ourselves, exalting our, listen, it's not about your moral, your moral change, the leaf that you turned over. It's about what Christ did for you. It isn't about the good decisions that you make today. It's about what Christ did in your life. The sanctification, the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of Christ on the cross. It's all about Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Listen, let's stop lifting up Fellowship Baptist Church. I love our church. You are the church. I love you all. 
But we are not the answer. Jesus is the answer. I'm not saying don't invite people to church. But we need to start inviting people to Christ. And it, it, it's a, what a blessing it is to see, a, 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 most, I, I don't know how many people we have here today, to see as many, well, probably at 50, uh, our max numbers that we're allowed to have in here. Praise the Lord for that. It's not about the numbers we have sitting in the seats. It's the people that are lost and dying without Christ in need of an answer. And instead of saying, hey, why don't you come on to church? Now listen, I understand that, that witnessing can be a difficult thing sometimes. But should it really? Why would we be afraid to tell somebody of the greatest news that we've ever had? Now, yes, hear, they may hear the gospel here. Praise God for that. Do you know why most people get saved? Because somebody that they know shares the gospel with them. And it may not even be the first time or the second time. And that person may not even be the one to get to lead them to the Lord, but somewhere down the line, after they've heard the gospel through several, somebody that they know and they trust gets to be that one to lead them to the Lord. And what did that one person do? They didn't lift up themselves. They lifted up Christ on the cross. We have a sign on our back door, just above our back door. This is now entering the mission field. Today we live in a day where they look for answers everywhere else but the church. They look for it in drugs and medication. They look for they look for it in entertainment. They look for it in alcohol. They look for it in immoral and terrible and awful things. Why? Because the truth is, if you ask a lot of them, they looked to religion at one point. And you know what they didn't see? Jesus. I'm not that putting all that on all of your shoulders. Well, I believe that we do have to take responsibility for times when we have not shown Christ in our lives. So what do we do now? They're not coming. They're not coming knocking. Every, occasionally, they come knocking on our door, looking for. Uh, we'll have somebody come in. But the majority of visitors that we have come in are are either saved or uh, or or they're coming from another church. So what do we do? We go out and we show Christ, and we lift them up as high as we can with our lives and with our words. Sirs, ladies, young peoples, they need to see Jesus. Do they see him in your life? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this message, Lord. I pray that your hand would be upon us. Lord, Lord, you just speak to each one of us individually as need be, Father. If there's one here today that's not saved, they've never trusted Christ as their Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they are drawn to you, Lord. They place their trust in Christ and Christ alone. Lord, if there's 
if, if there's something else going on in somebody's life, Lord, I pray that your spirit would just work in us. I pray that we would be tender to be, and be yielded to you and allow you to, to have your way with us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed.